0: The Lord is with you. Lift up your hearts. From the banks of the Charles River, we greet you this Lord's day. Our congregation present at Marsh Chapel, 735 Commonwealth Avenue in the city of Boston. Our congregation present in New England through national public radio, WBUR 90.9 FM. Our congregation around the globe present through webcast and podcast through our website, www.bu.edu forward slash chapel. Together we celebrate the gifts of life, faith, and love. And so we are very pleased to welcome to our pulpit today as part of our national summer preaching service, the Reverend Randy Day. Reverend Day is pastor of First Church of Round Hill in Greenwich, Connecticut, and we send a special greeting to our brothers and sisters at First Church of Round Hill in this special connection that we share with them through Reverend Day's good work with us. Reverend Day brings a rich experience in international work to our time together. From his tenure as General Secretary of the General Board of Global Ministries of the United Methodist Church. And so we are very pleased to welcome him and to welcome his wife, Emily, and his children, Josie, James, and Thomas, who are with us in our congregation today, and also a special greeting to his daughter, Jessie, who is at camp this week, and we hope she's enjoying herself. And so the Marsh Chapel Choir and Dr. Scott Allen Jarrett the Marsh Chapel congregation at Boston University and Dean Robert Allen Hill. We invite your support, prayerful and material. We invite your presence, actual and virtual, as we celebrate in the love and worship of God. So now beloved, rise up, now and throughout this service as you are able in body, but certainly in heart, as we join together in the worship of God. Number 89. together. Almighty God, the fountain of all wisdom, you know our necessities before we ask and our ignorance in asking. Have compassion on our weakness and mercifully give us those things which for our unworthiness we dare not and for our blindness we cannot ask. Through the worthiness of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. God invites us to a period of silent confession during the singing of the Kyrie. Confess our sins, God is faithful and just, and will forgive our sins, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God. Amen.
1: A lesson from Paul's Epistle to the Church in Rome, chapter 8, verses 12 through 25. So then, brothers and sisters, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very Spirit, bearing witness with our spirit, that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if, in fact, we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God, For the creation was subjected to futility not of its own will, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in hope we were saved. Now, hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we will wait for it with patience. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: In response, let us say verses from Psalm 139
2: with the antiphon.
0: behind and before, and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning, and settle at the farthest limits of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light around me become night, even the darkness is not dark to you, the night is as bright as the day, for darkness is as light to you. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. See if there is any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Now, people of God, rise up for the singing of the Gloria Day and the reading of the Gospel and the singing of our hymn number 92.
3: Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. John, chapter 7, verses 37 to 39. On the last day of the festival, the great day, while Jesus was standing there, he cried out, let anyone who is thirsty come to me, and let the one who believes in me drink. As the scripture has said, out of the believer's heart shall flow rivers of living water. Now he said this about the spirit which believers in him were to receive, for as yet there was no spirit because Jesus was not yet glorified. The Gospel of the Lord. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. What rich scripture readings we have here today. The passage from John begins, on the last day of the festival, the great day. We might ask, well, what was the great day? It was the Festival of Booths, one of Israel's three prominent annual festivals, celebrated with great joy in the autumn at the completion of the agricultural year, to recall Israel's wilderness pilgrimage, and as a renewal of the covenant. It became extremely popular in Judaism after the exile. Jews from the Aspera made pilgrims back to Jerusalem. Pilgrim parties came from Babylonia, present-day Iraq, and even from more distant places. Each celebrant provided for his or her own booth in which he or she slept every night for seven days and had all their meals. The booths derived from agricultural practices such as protecting the the olive trees during the month of harvest. The booths were also temporary shelters from the intense heat of the sun for both cattle and for people. Now once the booths were up, the Jewish celebrants had certain rites they practiced. Paramount among them was carrying water. For each of seven days, from the pool of Siloam to the temple. A footnote in my Oxford annotated Bible states, I always like to read footnotes, I hope you do too. My footnote states that a golden pitcher was used, a golden pitcher. Now I had heard of the golden calf, the gold given to the Christ child, the golden rule, but I had never heard of the golden pitcher. Pitchers were normally made from clay, so to have a golden pitcher was quite special and probably it was used only for this great festival. Now for seven days, water was carried in this golden pitcher from the Pool of Siloam to the temple itself as a reminder of the water that flowed from the rock in the desert. As you notice, we have four children, three of whom are here this morning. If I were reading that scripture to them, they would say, Dad, what rock? What desert? Well, the Israelites, having been brought up out of Egypt where they had lived in oppression, had been condemned to wander in the wilderness, as you all remember, for nearly 40 years. In Numbers chapter 20, we read that they had entered the wilderness of Zin, Now there was no water for the congregation, so they gathered together against Moses and Aaron. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to bring us to this wretched place, they demanded of Moses. When things were getting completely out of hand, the Lord said to Moses, take the staff. Assemble the congregation, you and your brother Aaron, and command the rock before their eyes to yield its water. Moses then rounded up the people and he said, Listen, you rebels, shall we bring water to you out of this rock and not waiting for the answer? He lifted his hand and he struck the rock twice with his staff. Water came out abundantly, and all the congregation, as well as their livestock, drank. So carrying the golden pitcher full of water through the streets of Jerusalem reminded the Jews of the rock in the desert centuries before. Carrying the water in Jerusalem for seven days was also a symbol of hope for the coming of the Messianic deliverance as foretold by the prophet Isaiah in 12.3. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And again the great prophet Isaiah describes centuries earlier as we read in Isaiah 44.3. For I will pour my water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground, I will pour my spirit upon your descendants, and my blessing on your offspring." Here on planet Earth, in the year 2008, we are drawn to Isaiah's timely words, For I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. The cover story of the August issue of Scientific American is entitled, Running Out of Water, a Six-Point Plan to Avert a Global Crisis. Author Peter Rogers, Professor of Environmental Engineering at Harvard and Senior Advisor to the Global Water Partnership, writes that the world's demand for fresh water is currently overtaking its ready supply in many places, and this situation shows no signs of abating. Because of the lack of access to water, it can lead to starvation, to disease, to political instability, and even to armed conflict. Failure to take action, Dr. Rogers warns, can have broad and grave consequences. People of Palestine experienced the thirsty land and the dry ground centuries ago. And now, significant parts of the earth's population are experiencing this reality, too. Now, with our understanding of the Hebrew scripture, we hopefully can grasp the very richness of the short passage we have here this morning from the gospel according to John. It's the last day of the greatest of all of the festivals. Jerusalem is packed with residents and with pilgrims who come from afar. It is loud. It is even chaotic. Think Red Sox Yankee game, loud, chaotic. So Jesus cries out to be heard above all of that. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and let the one who believes in me drink. And he continued, Out of the believer's heart shall flow rivers of living water. We have here this stream, if you will, running through the Bible, Moses at the rock, Isaiah with the promises, and the, uh, the, the uh, gospel of John telling us and speaking to us about God's gift for you and for me. But it doesn't stop there. Believers become the channels of life to others, to others, through Christ's spirit given to us at the time of Pentecost. Remember Peter's first sermon, he quotes the prophet Joel, in the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour my spirit upon all flesh and you, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young people shall see visions, and your old people shall dream dreams. Peter made it very clear in his Pentecost sermon that the gift of the Spirit is to all flesh, not to just chosen individuals. So Jesus has become, in a sense, the golden pitcher as well as the contents therein. Jesus is the water of life, The gift is offered to you and to me on this day and to all of humanity. God's Holy Spirit is poured out on us. And so we ask the question, what is the Spirit calling us to do? About two years ago, I was in rural Eastern Angola While walking through a small rural hospital, we entered a room, and there was an 11-month-old child motionless on a table with a mother and a grown sister hovering over the child. The doctor who was leading us immediately recognized the situation as extremely serious. So we backed away. But the reality was, she had no equipment for a blood transfusion, no surgical instruments, no medicine. We left the room. Within less than five minutes, someone came tapped me on the shoulder and said, the little boy had died. He died of malaria. And that child's tragic death is multiplied many, many times every day. In sub-Sahara Africa alone. One child out of five under the age of five dies of malaria. 20% of all the children in sub saharan Africa die of malaria alone. Malaria is indeed a plague of the poor in today's world. It's a disease of poverty, but it can be and it is being prevented as foundations and churches and universities and governments, the media, concerned individuals team up to address these multiple complex issues. The Nothing But Nets campaign, for instance, is now distributing bed nets throughout much of Africa. Lives are being saved by this grassroots effort, which was launched by the UN Foundation, Sports Illustrated, the NBA, the United Methodists, and the Lutherans, among others. Now, in addition to buying a net, and saving a life, people are beginning to grasp with the complexity of the issue of the diseases of poverty and so they are turning to people like Dr. Paul Farmer and Dr. Jim Kim of Partners in Health right here in Boston. Dr. Farmer has a special place in my heart because of all his work in Haiti, and Haiti is the mother country of James and Josie. He and others are trying to help all of us to understand That the crisis of abject poverty must be confronted as we work to end the malaria plague, the AIDS pandemic, TB, and other diseases of poverty which are killing the children of the world day after day after day. Paul Farmer was challenged, or has challenged all of us through his work, through his speaking, and also through his writing in pathologies of power, health, human rights, and the new war on the poor, he refuses to let any of us ignore the sense of urgency about structural violence and the ethnic and gender inequality which trap millions and millions of people in global poverty, as well as the deadly inequities of health care. Public health intervention is demanded. Sustainability is a necessity. Students, pastors, economists, politicians, anthropologists, doctors, all of us are called to lift up our voices with moral clarity. Dr. Albert Schweitzer said a long time ago that a quiet conscience is the invention of the devil. Speak, my friends, speak. As I join others in confronting the principalities and powers of this unjust world, I vividly see the beautiful face of Dominique, the 11-month-old Angolan child. He is not a statistic. He's a child. He's the son of that mother. He's the brother of that sister and he died before my eyes. One cannot help but recall the words of John Donne, the great 17th century poet, preacher, dean of St. Paul's Cathedral in London, who reflected upon the custom of the time in the rural villages as well as the urban neighborhoods. And that is, when someone died, the church bell was rung and you as an adult often sent a child or someone from the household to go to the center of the town, the center of the village, and to bring back the news. Who is it that died? And John Donne wrote in Meditation 17, Devotions upon Emergent Occasions in 1623, and I'm going to put it in non-sexist language, please permit me. No person is an island entire of itself. Every person is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. Any person's death diminishes me because I am involved in humankind and therefore never sin to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Today the entire world is a village and the bell is tolling My prayer is this, that the tolling of the bell will symbolize not death, but life and hope for millions of people who want to live, to experience the beauty and the richness of God's very creation. God desires us to be active. God wants to work through us to make us the channels of life to others. For Jesus said, out of the believer's heart shall flow rivers of living water. Amen.
0: As we are called to prayer through the singing of Lead Me, Lord, I would invite you to pray as you are so moved to best support the prayers of this community either come to the altar rail, stand, raise your hands, however you are so moved. Dearly beloved, let us pray. and brothers, I will set the intention, and then as I say, Lord, in your mercy, please respond, hear our prayer. Let us pray for the church and for the world. Grant, almighty God, that all who confess your name may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory in the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Guide the people of this land and of all the nations in the ways of justice and peace, that we may honor one another and serve the common good. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Give us all a reverence for the Church as your own creation, that we may use its resources rightly in the service of others, and to your honor and glory. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Bless all whose lives are closely linked with ours, and grant that we may serve Christ in them and love one another as Christ loves us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit. Give them courage and hope in their troubles and bring them the joy of your salvation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We commend to your mercy all who have died that your will for them may be fulfilled. And we pray that we may share with all your saints in your eternal kingdom. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We give thanks for the celebrations and the joys of human life, those things which strengthen our hearts and encourage us in the life of faith. Together with our brothers and sisters, we pray. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We offer these prayers through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And now as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. We are glad to greet you on this very warm New England day as, we were, as Reverend Day was preaching about water. Um, I don't know if you got as thirsty as I did. Fortunately um, we are delighted to invite you to our time of refreshment downstairs in just a few minutes uh, where there is hot coffee but there is also something cool to drink as well. So we hope that you will join us down there uh, after the service is over. I would direct your attention to your bulletin, uh, both as you have it in your hands and also through our website at www.bu.edu. And I would invite your further communication with us through our email address, which is chapel at bu.edu. We are all invited to lunch this week, this Wednesday, the 23rd of July. At noon in the lower level of Marsh Chapel at 735 Commonwealth Avenue in Boston, we will be joining with Reverend Day as he leads us in discussion about certain issues which he mentioned this morning, uh, particularly as they affect children and to the children of poverty. So, Reverend Day brings not just a wake up call for some of these issues for some of us, but also brings us the hope of what people are doing uh, together in the name of God to alleviate the suffering of our brothers and sisters. So we do invite you this Wednesday at noon in the lower level at Marsh Chapel. Our readers today are Tim Hall, Victoria Gaskell, Randy Day. Our conductor of the Marsh Chapel Choir and our organist this morning is Dr. Scott Allen Jarrett. Our sacristan is David Ames. And I am Reverend Victoria Gaskell. Chapel associate. And now the ushers will wait upon us for our tithes, our gifts, and our offerings. community. We offer back these gifts to you in the synergy of your love and justice in the world, so that giving becomes receiving, and receiving becomes giving. In the name of Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our hymn is number 577.
3: Harry Emerson Fosdick, the author of this hymn, was the pastor of the Riverside Church in New York when he wrote these words. Cure thy children's warring madness. May we take this phrase with us this week. May we have peace in this world. And we leave with you now the blessing of God Almighty, Creator, Son, and Holy Spirit. And may each and every one of you have both love and peace in joy and justice today and forevermore, amen.